listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. North of Zero by Slippin' Mickey's on AO3. Chapter 8, The Valley. Scully slipped out from under Mulder's heavy arm, the sound of his breathing deep and even. The gray of early morning was glowing up from the snow outside, only just lighting the dim world, promising another overcast, gloomy day. The cabin had gone cold, and she threw a crocheted blanket over her shoulders and shuffled out of their bedroom and across the cold floor to add more wood to the glowing embers of the stove, cursing herself for not slipping on shoes, or at the very least, socks. She normally slept in a twice-darned, too-big wool pair she'd found in a drawer in the old cabin, but she and Mulder had made warm, quiet love the night before, and the most she'd had the energy for after was slipping on a pair of long johns and Mulder's dusty blue henley that smelled of musk and horse. She was making her way back to bed after feeding the stove when she saw it out the big bay window, a hunched, dark shape upon the snow near the icy shore. A dump of adrenaline hit her bloodstream before she recognized what she was seeing. Moving closer to the window, she squinted and made out the outline of her son. William was outside, kneeling at the shore of the frozen lake, one ungloved hand hovering over the ground as if gauging the tenor of the earth. She watched him for a long minute, until his posture changed, like he knew he was being watched. And he rose to standing, glancing over his shoulder to where she stood at the cabin's window. She remained where she was, knowing he probably couldn't see her in the dark, and the boy turned on his heel and made his way back toward the cottage, limping only slightly through the thick pelt of snow. He came through the door silently and shrugged off his coat then mumbled a quiet good morning to her, clearly unsurprised to see her dusky shape by the dim light through the window. Good morning, she replied, keeping her voice low, making her way over to close the bedroom door on a still-sleeping molder. Is it pretty cold out there? Not bad, he said, and lowered himself into one of the kitchen chairs. How's the ankle? Better, he said sheepishly, and she smiled at him and moved to refill the kettle that she'd left on the stovetop. "'Can I make you something to eat?' she asked. "'That would be nice,' he said. He was quiet and thoughtful, and she watched him as she slipped into a pair of moccasins that were sitting by the door. "'Is oatmeal okay? We don't have sugar, but we may have some frozen goat's milk.' "'Plain is fine, thanks,' he said. "'I haven't had oatmeal in forever.' Scully went to the pantry where they kept their dry staples and tightly sealed plastic tubs. We're able to trade for some special things, she explained, pulling the oatmeal down. We're part of a small cooperative network of traders. We supply them with fish and some meats and get a little bit of everything else from the other members. One of them is particularly good at finding dry goods and things in formerly populated areas. He looked mildly intrigued, but didn't say much other than to make a few polite sounds to let her know he was listening. "'What have you been eating, William?' 
she asked him, genuinely wanting to know. What kinds of things did you find on the road? He sat up a bit in the chair and gave her a small chagrin smile. Junk food mostly, he said, gesturing to his small knapsack. Stuff that wouldn't go bad that I could carry around. She walked up to him. Show me your teeth, she said, putting a finger under his chin. He flashed her a wide smile. You're lucky you don't have scurvy, she went on after a quick look in his mouth. She gently patted his cheek. I'm adding some dried fruit to your oatmeal. What's this about oatmeal? Came Mulder's voice from the bedroom. He stood in the bedroom doorway, yawning and stretching, a strip of skin on his stomach showing from where his shirt pulled up. This child is undernourished, and I'm planning to fix it, Scully said, turning to Mulder as he shuffled into the kitchen. Careful, Mulder said, shooting a look to William before bending down to press a kiss to Scully's cheek. You're about to become one of her projects. You haven't had so much as a sniffle in the last year and a half, Mulder, she said, swatting at him as he scooted to get out of her way. I don't hear you complaining. Fit as a fiddle and regular as sunrise, Mulder said cheerfully, absently scratching his chest. Speaking of, I might take a quick shower if no one needs the bathroom. Scully made a help-yourself gesture, and William perked up. You have hot water? he asked in an astonished voice. Scully nodded. Not a lot. Mulder jury-rigged a solar-powered pump for the well water, and I figured out a way to run and divert some of it past the stove and into the shower. She gestured to a pipe that ran into the wall behind the stove and hugged the corners of the room, disappearing into a hole drilled into the knotty pine above the bathroom. You only get a few minutes worth it. You only get a few minutes worth, and it can sometimes be scorching, but it works. She's a genius, Mulder said in all seriousness. We won't be able to rebuild society without her. William looked at her, impressed. You want the first shower? Mulder asked him, hooking a thumb toward the bathroom. Scully smiled at him encouragingly. Breakfast should be ready when you get out. Yeah, okay the boy said, standing and looking at Mulder. Can you show me how it works? Of course, he said. Let me grab you a towel. When Mulder came back into the kitchen, he looked at Scully, who was pouring boiling water over oats in three thick bowls, the edges chipped and worn. How'd he sleep? he asked, towing off the shoes he'd slipped on when he got out of bed. The stove was starting to pump out a decent amount of heat. He had long, elegant feet. Scully wondered if Williams looked anything like Mulder's. Not sure, she answered. He was awake when I got up. He was, uh, out in front of the lake. Yeah? Mulder looked as confused as she had been. Any idea why? Scully shook her head. He's quiet this morning, thoughtful. She felt herself deflate a bit, oddly compelled to the edge of tears. I don't know him well enough to guess what's going on. Mulder pulled her into a hug. Hey now, he said. None of that. She wrapped an arm around his middle and squeezed him close, burying her nose into his warm chest. What are we going to do with him, Mulder? She asked, her voice muffled by his shirt. How did he find us, and why? Mulder rubbed a comforting hand up and down her back. We'll guide him. We'll take care of him. Like every other parent out there, we'll do the best we can for him. 
He lowered his cheek to the top of her head and sighed into her hair. I don't know the hows or the whys, but we'll figure it out. We always do. They stood embracing each other until they heard the water in the bathroom shut off. William emerged a few minutes later, dressed, with wet hair, and smelling sweetly of the bulk Kirkland shampoo they'd traded for that summer. Scully was just stirring some dried apples and cherries into his bowl and then handed it over with a smile. He tucked into the food happily, and Mulder and Scully joined him at the small table, all of them eating quickly but quietly. Eventually, William scraped his bowl one last time and leaned back in his chair, regarding them pensively. It feels different here, he finally said, a bit cryptically. How did you find this place? It feels different how, Mulder asked, collecting the boy's bowl and stacking it under his own. He was genuinely curious. William pulled his lips into his mouth and sat for a pensive moment. There's something in the ground here, he said. I could feel it when we crossed over into the valley with the horses yesterday. It's all over, but especially here, around the lake. What does it feel like? Scully asked. Something told her to keep her tone steady, one of polite interest. William shifted uncomfortably in his seat and looked at each of them nervously. Like a shield, I guess, he said. This feeling, Mulder said, looking at his son in open curiosity, it's one of your gifts. William nodded at him. Did you know to come here? The boy asked. Do you feel it too? There was a hopeful edge to his voice that broke Scully's heart. Well, Mulder said, leaning back casually, I don't know that we chose this place on purpose. We sort of stumbled across it and... At this, he looked to Scully and reached across to grab her hand. It felt like the place to be. But I guess you could call that a feeling, couldn't you? Scully said, tilting her head kindly at William. Yeah, Mulder said, squeezing her hand. You could. William looked at them gratefully. Do you, he said after a long moment, looking between them as if building up courage. Do either of you have gifts too? Powers, like me? Mulder and Scully traded a look. I don't think... Mulder started, and then sighed. Not like you, no. William looked crestfallen, leaning back into the creaking wooden chair, his hair beginning to curl around his face as it dried. Scully stumbled away from the ship, eyes streaming. She'd gone through tear gas training at Quantico, and the raw burn through her nose and throat felt like it had then. But her eyes, God, her eyes, she could barely see. Nevertheless, she ran, half-blind, away from the ship that had crashed into Bloor Street, looking like a ghastly addition to the Royal Ontario Museum. Smith had jokingly called it the postmodern wing. Her hip slammed into the fender of a car that had been abandoned in the middle of the street, and she bounced off of it, gasping, but kept running, the blur of her vision blotchy masses of gray, black, and red. Scully! She heard Mulder shout from behind her, and she could hear the slap of his feet running on the pavement, but she didn't, wouldn't stop, blindly running. Away, just away. Then her feet hit something in front of her, and she flew forward, 
the heels of her hands scraping along the rough roadway as she tried to catch herself. Scully! Mulder shouted again, closer this time, and she finally stayed down where she had fallen, her hands and knees burning from road rash, her eyes and throat on fire. Scully could hear him running up to where she lay, skidding to a halt just beside her. Scully, he breathed, his voice a harsh gasp. Jesus! His hand was on her shoulder, then her arm. Then he pulled away, and she could hear the metallic tinker of him unscrewing his canteen. And a few seconds later, she gasped as a cold douse of water splashed across her face and eyes. Hold still, he mumbled, when she jerked her head away. Scully, stop! He grabbed her roughly by the chin and poured more water into her eyes and face, and he finally let go when she coughed and sputtered for breath. She felt the fight leaving her all at once, and she sagged against him, spitting once under the pavement near his knee, then again. Where's MacDougall? she coughed, her voice a harsh rasp. Where's Smith? Dead, Mulder said poisonously. Then she felt him gently grab her wrist. Jesus, look at your hands. I'm fine, she said, though she could feel him tenderly picking rocky bits of pavement out of the shredded skin of her palm. You're not fine, he said. None of this is fucking fine. Her vision was starting to clear, and she put a hand to Mulder's shoulder, and he helped her to stand up. Back toward the area of the ship, she could start to hear movement, quiet shuffling followed by a loud clang. Can you see? Mulder said, his voice low in her ear. She nodded. Come on, he went on, grabbing her by the elbow. We gotta go. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.